Welcome to DT Madness, Chronicles from the Third Life, Episode 23, September 5th, 2022. So glad you could make it. Well, we are uh, three weeks into back to school, and of course, I've been using all the current hip language with my students. You know, I've I've gotten down the term bet and slay, and sometimes even slay queen, as you should. You know, I got that one going. I mean, I could go on and on and on, of course, because I am basically an influencer, uh, and so I'm well versed in all the lingo. In, in all the lingo, now that I'm fluent, you know, in Snapchatting, I guess I probs should be a TikToker. But there's there's one more, and that's uh, one more word, one more term that uh, that I'm that I'm getting used to, and that one is period with the T on the end. It's period with T on the end. And so I like to do, to to pronounce it correctly and say period, t- t- you know, because you got to add that T. I took the title of this episode from an Emily Dickinson quote I read and added my own modern flourish to it. And so this episode is entitled, Beauty is Period. Last week, I rambled some about being a countercultural coach. In part, I stumbled through that episode because I, I didn't want to come out and name parts of the culture, um, call those things out specifically, you know, that I'm not about. On my outline this week, I have a few of those parts of the culture that I find myself displeased by. But even now, I'm hesitant. But I do have to set this up with one situation in particular. We were at an away tennis match, and this guy who, he was there to spray paint paws on the bank, you know, the, the, the mascot um, for, the, for the girls of the team. You know, they take pictures with it after, whatever. That, all that's fine and dandy, you know. That was great. But this guy settled in, talking up by the, he settled in up by the row of chairs, you know, where all the parents and supporters, the girls from, from both teams were sitting and started talking. This dude has not stopped complaining yet. To be fair, there were folks there engaging him, asking him why and all this, but man, it did not matter what it was. It was negative this and negative that, and I wish someone else could do better and blah, blah, blah. I mean, he obviously had all the things figured out. And if folks would just listen to him, then we'd be set. I picked my chair up and relocated. For one, because I don't like for people to be talking while I'm trying to watch my daughter play tennis. But really for one, because I was losing my mind listening to this guy. And the nods and affirmations that went along with it from the people sitting around. It's funny the way it is, you know, that everybody's got it figured out. And you know there's not 100% agreement with, with any of these people's individual plans 
But these folks all tend to agree with each other that whatever's happened is wrong and terrible and awful. And if we could just do it that, well, anyway, you get the point. And no doubt you get the next point already too. Because for a few hours that day, I found myself in a negative way. I found myself complaining about this guy who was complaining. And the irony was not lost on me. A couple of other examples to set up uh, the second half of today's episode. Again, at a tennis match, um, we were up playing at, uh, at a school up in Rutherford County. And basically the team of tennis players, they were good. Now, don't misunderstand. But they were softball players first. They weren't, they weren't tennis players first. They hit the ball hard, though. Um, and we're up there. And you know what? Like One of the best things for me about tennis, especially high school tennis, is that the girls, they call their own lines. Like, and they, if they're in doubt, they call it in. Like there, there are certainly some times where there's a missed line, there's a missed call, but almost never is it intentional. Almost never. But anyway, we're there. And um, I mean, the, the match was already over team-wise. You know, there was a, a final doubles match going on and there was a disputed line call. And when that happens, if there is a dispute between the two teams or the two players, then they can come over, talk to their coaches, and try to get it worked out. If necessary, the coach can come. If it gets really tense, you know, uh, then the coaches come in and call the lines. But again, I don't know. That's happening maybe in the six years that I've been watching my kids play. I've seen that happen once, maybe. But there was this disputed line call, and one of the dads who was standing kind of behind the row of chairs it's like, ooh, this is some softball stuff. And he kind of moves up to the row of chairs, crouches down in his ready position, and said, oh, I can get into this. And I mean, look, I know that mostly that was a joke, but there was this part of him that was ready to defend the wrong that had been done to whatever player. I get it. I'm not. I'm not mad about it. I'm just saying that's that's where we were. Like he was ready for it, the confrontation, maybe even eager for it. We're we're a lot of us on edge, you know. Um, I'm I'm the mayor of a small town called Boiling Springs, and we had a community meeting, you know, just the other night. Some people just really on edge trying to make sure that that everything's under control which it it is i mean there was a little bit of a little bit of paranoia going on but again that's not an uncommon thing going on when i hand my students their tests back even though i preach to them for the last 3 weeks that i really don't care about grades that what we need to do is assess these things is what i'm doing working is what you're doing working are we learning um, they still chew their fingernails off. You know, they're still so uptight about what they would consider a failure that may end up affecting the rest of their lives. I know it's easy for me to say I've already been through all that. So many of us are on edge. And why not? Why shouldn't we be? 
I let my venture, I let my mind venture briefly into some of the metaphysics of it all, trying to understand, or at least with our attempt to grapple with those metaphysics. I considered how we attempt to deal with good and evil, and how our penchant is to wrap it up nicely and neatly, as if there can be a clearly defined line between the two. Our systems of belief in some ways are like this. If if I do this and this or say this or however it goes, then I can move myself into the good category, which allows me to then, you know, point the finger, the, the finger of compassion, of course, at those who are not good or dare I say evil. Sometimes I wish I could have just settled down into this system. Seems like it's a lot easier. So as not to have to grapple with reality the way that I do. But it sure seems to me that reality is way more complex. It's not just us and them. My team isn't good and yours evil. Things just don't compartmentalize that easily. I am both and I am all and none. I am the one so disgusted by the self-important complainer that I engage in hours worth of self-important complaining. You feel me? How does Paul say it? So yeah, I I don't want to be a part of the culture that is pointing fingers. However, we disguise that pointing. I don't want to be a part of the culture of us and them. If it wasn't so serious, it would be comical. You're the fascist. No, no, you're the fascist. You're the enemy of the state. No, uh, you are. But by God, it is really real. And so I do want more and more to be countercultural. How I aim to go about that, at least in part, is coming up. But first, a little halftime. Well, I want to give you an update on my handyman status. I'm not sure if I have told you about um, cleaning out the drains of of the the Sydney's moonroof in her 2011 Camry. Turns out there are drains um, on a moonroof and uh, or sunroof, whichever you call it. But uh, the water was definitely piling up in there and starting to leak down. And I didn't know what was happening. Is there a seal? But my friend Joseph, as he always does, helped me out and. Uh, I was able to take some some trimmer wire, some some weed eater wire, and just run it down into the holes of the drains, and the water drained level, you know, it drained right out. So I, I fixed that right up. I've been painting as well. We've been painting in the boys' room. Isaac requested what was it, salty dog blue and misty morning mist or something like that, um, kind of a a grayish color. And I'm a I'm a good painter. Um, just because I might get a couple splotches here and there on the ceiling or maybe drop a couple drips on the floor, got it all over my pants, but the walls look good. Now I've got to fix the, the toilet in the back. It's been running, man. And you know, I'll spend $20 here and there with, without even thinking about it. But when my water bill is $20 higher, that really irked me. And so I know it's because the water's running and you got to jiggle the handle sometimes, but that's got to be temporary. The first thing I did was tighten up the handle, and yeah, that I don't know if that worked. 
or not. I think I'm going to have to fix the old flapper and chain combo contraption. So I'm going to get right on that. And then once I do, I'll have to get back to Sydney's moonroof because where all that water had collected, I guess it shorted out the wires. I'm going to say it was the switch. That's a thing, right? Um, and maybe that's something I can fix. Should I disconnect the battery first? Anyway, I'll keep you updated on my handyman status. I didn't win the, the Crest High School Lottery. We did a half and half raffle over the past month or so. They ended up with the total uh, pot of $195,000. Um, half of that goes to Crest Athletics, so just an amazing thing. And not just football, like Crest Tennis and Volleyball and uh, several other sports. So that's going to be a huge deal. Um, and then somebody took home almost a hundred grand. Of course, they'll have to pay the government some. I did start to think about what I was going to do with my 75K if I had won. Um, you ever think about those things? Um, have you have you heard, uh, what is it? You, have you heard about what the best thing about Switzerland is? What do you think? is the best thing about Switzerland. I don't know, but their flag is a big plus. Oh, I made that one up. I, I was going to tell you, I'm going to talk about the Crest and, and Shelby football game a little bit in the second half. Um, but I won't get into that too much here because I know halftime is running long. But I'm the, I'm the PA announcer, <clears throat> excuse me, for the game. And, whew. Man, I got really hyped this past time. But I do want to end halftime with something a little bit more serious that will lead us into the second half. And as best I can tell, this is a real thing. I've, I've looked at it on several different sites. And so I think that it's true that Kurt Vonnegut really did write this school back um, when they were asking him some questions. And he replied back and he said, what I had to say to you wouldn't take long. Practice any art no matter what it is. Practice any art, music, singing, dancing, acting, drawing, painting, sculpting, poetry, fiction, essays, reportage, no matter how well or badly. Not to get money and fame, but to experience becoming, to find out what's inside you, to make your soul grow. Seriously, I mean, starting right now, do art and do it for the rest of your lives. Draw a funny or nice picture and give it to your teacher. Dance home after school. Sing in the shower, so on. Make a face in your mashed potatoes. Pretend you're Count Dracula. Here's an assignment for tonight, and I hope Miss Lockwood will flunk you if you don't do it. Write a six-line poem about anything, but rhymed. No fair tennis without a net. Make it as good as you possibly can, but don't tell anybody what you're doing. Don't show it or recite it to anybody, not even your girlfriend or parents or whatever, or Miss Lockwood, okay? Tear it up into teeny-weeny pieces and discard them into widely separated trash receptacles. You will find that you have already been gloriously rewarded for your poem. You have experienced becoming, learned a lot more about what's inside you, and have made your soul grow. God bless you all. Kurt Vonnegut. Make you want to pick up some Vonnegut books and read a little bit. But anyway, as we get into the second half, 
You know, how do I want to be more counter cultural? How do I go about, you know, not getting caught up in the culture of complaining, negativity, and even hatred? I want to avoid selfish ambition and vain conceit, and I want to practice the positive pursuit of recognizing beauty. At first, I had written finding beauty, but I don't have to find it because beauty is, period. Y'all have heard me talk about the river. I actually wrote this podcast sitting under the shelter down at the river while the rain was falling. The river's rushing. The leaves are coming down. The sparkles aren't on the water today. The shimmers that I love so much in the sunlight. But the ripples from the raindrops are. I mean... I could and and really might do a whole episode at some point just on the beauty of the river. It runs deep. Get it? And there's some things that I think about as as mayor in terms of beauty. I want to help create spaces, green spaces and spaces where folks can come out in communion and fellowship over a pint and some good music or sharing their art or telling stories or maybe just sitting and being. These scenes and moments of beauty are all around us. Maybe we get caught up in the grind sometimes and forget to pay attention. But the Shelby football crest, uh, Shelby Crest football game, as I mentioned, c- contained beauty, and not just because my team won, but because a group of kids got demoralized, or should have, at least according to what the fans had assumed. But they were down 23 to nothing after eight minutes. But they clawed and scratched their way back and came out on top in the end, 54 to 49. The beauty of the struggle and persistence and belief and all of those things that sports can deliver. And we should, I should, get better at paying attention to the beauty that envelops us, that shows itself to us regularly. But also, I want to practice more at seeing the beauty that is hidden a bit, maybe. That Shelby Crest football game. I was consciously aware of this episode. This episode was was ruminating in my mind. And so, as the PA announcer for the game, I purposefully and intentionally celebrated every good play, even when we were down by all the points. Because these are kids, man. And because the human struggle is worth celebrating. All right, settle down, DT. But but it is. There was beauty in the dejection of the losing squad, and I don't mean that how it sounds on the surface, but beauty in our players talking with their players, both knowing how it feels to be on either side of victory or defeat. Recognition. To keep illustrating my point, I, I took this picture of Sam on our back deck, I stole the picture in a way. Our back door curtains were mostly closed and it was through a sliver that I could see him. He had gone out there to take a moment right before we left to drive up to Boone a few weeks ago to move him into his college dorm. What a moment. The memories and feelings and anticipations and doubts and expectations and fears and excitement. The familiarity of looking out at our fire pit that has been the setting for so much beauty in the life of our family, combined with the buzz and tension of the unknown and new. And those are just the things that I project onto it. 
I'm the dad gazing through a sliver of curtain at my boy who thinks he's out there unnoticed, the dad filled with all the feels. And in that photo, in that moment, beauty. Stick with me on this one. A student of mine, in the most sincere, in the most sincere way, I'm serious. Like, I know that there are people out there that have their political goals, like the, uh, their points that you're trying to make and all that kind of stuff. But this kid, he's just asking a question. He really is. And he asked if, if, if the only reason why Kamala Harris got her job is because she was a prostitute. Like he, he asked that in class. And I, uh, I took the opportunity to explain a bit about where those rumors come from, but more to talk about how important it is for us to be careful both with the things that we we say but with but that how we read and what we read and that we we check and we follow up and that we don't make assumptions. But this kid was was placing a trust in me. Like he really wasn't trying to make a point. These are obviously things that he's heard. I mean, you see adults driving around with these stickers. Um and and in that in that moment, like the way that the question was asked and the 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 distortion the static, like through all of that stuff that is our political discourse, wanting to know and maybe even listening or hearing a little bit, it was a beautiful thing to me. There's beauty in our patience, in our struggle to understand each other. It's a true battle to bridge the gap between my humanity and yours. But once we cross that bridge, there's no returning to division. Anyway, one more thing and I'll, I'll wrap it up. My dad, my, my dad is sick. He's, he's been battling cancers for over a year now and it's taken its toll on the old man. But when I sit with him and he describes how the awful days feel and he talks about his hair and, and he laughs that, that big old laugh and, and when an old friend comes by with a riding lawnmower that he had fixed up for my mom to be able to mow the grass and my dad offers to pay him for it and, and they talk and laugh and labor over being human. When my dad gives me a book called Alphabet of Grace by Frederick Buechner and slides it over on the couch between us and says he read it in a day and when I start reading it and I know exactly why he read it in a day because I know the beauty in him the seeker in him and my dad, the man that gave up opportunities for wealth and recognition and made a life of serving and loving and laughing. A man who read widely and understood that it's not just us and them a long time before it was cool. He was in seminary in Louisville when the quote liberals had taken over unquote. And I sure am glad that, that he did. <laughs> he is mindful and he showed me to be mindful. There's beauty in his brokenness. 
and in mine, and in yours, in ours, in our brokenness, there's beauty. The challenge is to pay attention to the beauty that surrounds, that envelops. And with that attention as a foothold, to practice the positive pursuit of beauty in all things, even where we don't think we can find it. This has been a Church of Six production brought to you by the Foundation Tower of Stone, by the Wall of Belief, by the Magic Rock, and by the Bucket of Life. forget to believe and be live stay beautiful peace my friends